When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2735. Happy Book of Boba Fett debut today. This is a spoiler-free episode. I mean, it has to be because it is actually releasing at the very same moment that the Book of Boba Fett hits Disney+. And today we're going to talk about seven things that are worth knowing about Boba Fett prior to your viewing of the Book of Boba Fett. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boybot and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we've been sitting with Boba Fett for a few weeks here on the podcast and now that we are meeting Boba Fett once again in the book of Boba Fett debuting on Disney Plus today, I thought it would be a nice idea to kind of summarize who Boba Fett is or at least the version of Boba Fett we're going to see in the book of Boba Fett as we move forward. So we've got seven particular takeaways from all the stuff we've been looking at and projecting it forward. And the first takeaway I'm going to start with is that for Boba Fett, it's all about his reputation. So much so that it's entirely possible when we meet Boba Fett and we see him in his pre-Mandalorian time that he may be operating under an assumed identity. So if you'll recall when we talked about the War of the Bounty Hunters and he ended up on Nar Shaddaa and had to fight in the pits to earn money for the repairs to Han Solo's Carbonite block, he spray-painted his armor black and took the name Django when he went to fight in the pits. So it's entirely possible that to preserve the reputation of the name Boba Fett as it is you know, felt and reacted to throughout the galaxy, that he may not reassume the mantle of the name Boba Fett until he gets his armor back in The Mandalorian. Leading into that second takeaway for you, as far as his reputation and his identity, it seems like he's not very concerned about who sees his face while they see him as Boba Fett, while he has his armor. And it kind of suggests the possibility that in the action scenes we see that we're presuming happen before he gets his armor back, right? When he comes into that room and the two characters that look maybe like Kami and Fixer who are being attacked, like we've seen additional footage where some sort of firefight happens. Well, it seems like Boba Fett is not particularly concerned that anyone has seen his face and could connect it to a non-Boba Fett character that he might be assuming. So that suggests that he has covered the tracks of any particular assumed identity he might have had and that as he returns to the role of Boba Fett, he is returning to it in whole cloth and doesn't care who sees his face because it doesn't matter who has seen his face before. The third takeaway has to do with something for which I've given Boba Fett credit consistently over the years. I've been kind of poo-pooing Boba Fett and his supposed notorious most fearsome bounty hunter in the galaxy status for a while. I think back when the podcast was in double-digit episodes, there was an episode to the effect of, is Boba Fett a chump? Or something like that. So yeah, this has been historically documented here on the podcast. But one thing I've consistently said about him that 
is you know top tier are his detective skills and I feel like that's coming to bear here as well in that for his time in the desert so to speak that he must have been keeping an eye on what was going on in the underworld and understood where the opportunity was to be able to come in and go after the Hut clan situation so I think that he has been connected to underworld doings and activities and that he finally sees that now he has his armor now he can be Boba Fett in the entirety of what Boba Fett's reputation means to the galaxy that now is the time to move and it's because of all the work that he's put in and he just needed this one last piece getting his armor back so he could fully embody his reputation as he makes his move. The fourth takeaway also has to do with the fact that he's spent time in the desert if you will in exile and has been watching the situation in the underworld develop. It also has to do with something that we saw in War of the Bounty Hunters as well that that move about him just not being a bounty hunter and that he's the crime lord now it's really about money and he's talked about you know, making a profitable enterprise with people in various trailers that we've seen but the thing that sprung to mind related to War of the Bounty Hunters is the fact that when he arrived on Nar Shaddaa and was trying to get Han's Carbonite block fixed the person that he was gonna have do it he didn't have credits to pay the guy he didn't have credits to pay the dock and that's why he had to go and go in the pit fights this is Boba Fett the alleged most fearsome bounty hunter in the galaxy which also means probably the most expensive the most successful so he has a reputation for being the best and you would think that he would have made money hand over fist as a result but as close to the events of the Return of the Jedi as, you know, like within six months of that, he didn't have enough money to pay for the repair of Carbonite of Han's Carbonite block and had to go fight for money. So you have to imagine that after all he's been through, maybe he doesn't want to return to the bounty hunter life because it's just too much work for money that isn't taking care of whatever his needs are and that's why he is making this particular move. A fifth takeaway I have for you is that I think he's become more brutal as he's gotten older. It seemed to be the case that bounty hunters just reputationally didn't kill anyone, didn't hurt anyone, didn't bother with anyone unless they were getting paid for it or, you know, self-defense, right? And it seemed like that was the case with Boba Fett as well as I went through the stories of him in the current canon timeline. But as we get closer to and then within the original trilogy time frame, it does seem like he takes opportunities to be violent and brutal to people. The, he kills the kid that he grilled for information on Luke Skywalker in the comic series that he was trying to find out the identity of Luke Skywalker for Darth Vader. And that was just, you know, comparatively innocent kid, right? Like there was no reason for him to do that necessarily. Although maybe he didn't shoot to kill, maybe he shot to wound. And, you know, we didn't necessarily see the kid's death. I mean, there have been a couple of situations where it looks like Boba Fett actually killed someone and it turned out it didn't happen but I mean like kicking Zuckus over that <laughs> off the landing pad Zuckus survived the fall but it certainly didn't seem like Boba Fett was trying to use only the amount of harm necessary to survive no that was actually like a murderous intent situation but that rolls into the sixth takeaway I have for you which is how he treats other bounty hunters and it seems like Bounty hunters, like there's a whole guild situation basically where they're not allowed to kill each other for all intents and purposes, but they are apparently allowed to scrap in engagements at some level. So, you know, IG-88 had a shot at the Carbonite block of Han Solo and all Boba Fett 
ultimately ended up doing was freezing IG-88 in a little blast of carbonite that Boba Fett had had installed on his ship on Nar Shadda. But he had the choice, he had the option and opportunity to just shoot up IG-88, dismantle him, and scatter him to the winds, and did not. He cut off Bosk's legs at one point in a skirmish they had and tied him to a rock and left him for, you know, whatever the fates would allow, left Dengar floating away on an ice floe in the middle of a frozen sea. But those were situations where he had a bounty on his head, and so bounty hunters were legally obliged to go after him and capture him or kill him by any means necessary. So Boba did have the opportunity to be utterly and completely violent if he wanted to be. Certainly that's how he was with Zuckus. I mean, you would think kicking him off a landing platform would be like a death sentence for sure. But yeah, it didn't turn out to be the case that he really made a point of just killing people straight out. Like he had the chance with Bosk, didn't do it. Had the chance with Dengar, didn't do it. Threw a bomb on Baylor Valence's body and, you know, I guess apparently not big enough of a one to just completely shatter and destroy him, just enough to make him <laughs> severely wounded so that way Boba Fett could go after Han's Carbonite block by himself. So apparently guild members are getting some little bit of a pass in his mind. And the last takeaway I have for you is that for all of Boba Fett's you know, fearsome reputation and so forth, he is prone to tactical errors. And we've seen it happen multiple times in storytelling. Of course, the biggest tactical error we saw was not paying attention to a blind Han Solo in Return of the Jedi and just focusing on trying to take down Luke as, you know, potentially the most dangerous threat in the field, even though Chewbacca and Han Solo were right there in front of him. But there was also the situation where he left the carbonite block of Han Solo with that doctor and didn't take any kinds of precautions to make sure that it couldn't or wouldn't get stolen. And it was like, don't, that was silly. There's the time when he was on a job with this Devil Lompop character who was previously Jabba the Hutt's favorite bounty hunter. And Deva just kind of went doink with a, uh, a poison, um, you know, some sort of poison knife situation. Not enough poison to kill him, just enough to knock him out, but Boba never saw it coming and he was like, ah! So hopefully for his sake by now, he has learned not to trust anyone and that applies to Fennec Shand as well. Certainly she owes him for him saving her life, but at some point she's probably gonna decide, you know what? I think my debt's paid and I need to go do my own thing. And whether that is just, you know, a nice, neat exit or whether there's going to be problems involved with that, well, I guess we'll have to see. But Boba Fett is really kind of wired more for the, you know, the frontal assault and the you know, sort of individual sneak attack, if you will. He's not necessarily wired for the kinds of machinations that criminal syndicates may bring. And if I'm right about the whole Crimson Dawn thing, the level at which Crimson Dawn is manipulating scenes and situations and stories and people, that is probably a few pay grades above what Boba Fett has experienced with, and that may end up being his main challenge, not necessarily just over the course of season one, but it may be the seeds of a larger problem with which he has to deal over the course of multiple seasons of the show. And so there you go, seven things to know and consider about Boba Fett based on all the time that we've spent with him over the last month and how it may play out in the book of Boba Fett. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Tomorrow, yes, we'll be talking about episode one in all its glory. But for now, that's going to do it for today. And it just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for the show as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be.
Awesome by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.